Thursdays. Every Thursday. What's up? Welcome to We Love Wednesdays every Thursday. And it's Sunday, football Sunday, for those of us that haven't given up on the sport. Unlike my buddy here, Roberto, who I wish I had the fortitude of character to actually go ahead and boycott this shit. But anyway, I can't do it. Can't can't do it. But I love that people, no matter what their opinion is of politics and the injuries and all that stuff, I love that people on both sides are boycotting. So either way, there's like a a loss of finances and attention uh, on on the sport that I grew up in love with. So, yeah, this has been an interesting ride, but no football for me, as you pointed out. Yeah, man, and, and I, I commend you for that. I just, you know, it's the, it, for me, it's just, I don't know, I, I, I can't pull myself away from it. I, uh, I don't give them any money, though. I'll tell you, I, yep. like, I, I, I watch this shit pirated, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's given me time to do other things, like, uh, like read these comic books, some of them so you don't have to, and some of them so I could point you in the right direction. And to finish uh, some some cool new shows like Iron Fist and uh, and the Spider Man video game, one hundred percent complete. Yeah, I have not finished uh, either one of those things, so we might have to touch on that later. And you can give me a little uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, I hope to. Yeah, what's your what's your first book, bro? Um, I think I think I want to start out light. Uh, I might I might get a little heavy at some point, uh, but I want to talk about Brian Lee O'Malley. We know Brian Lee O'Malley from uh, not from Seconds, which was his second major hit, um, but we know him from Scott Pilgrim. So uh, his recent book from the past two years, he's been working on a book with Leslie Hung called Snot Girl. And um, as I've old, heard of Snot Girl, I, I I've heard of Snot Girl. I haven't read any of it and um i'm intrigued tell me about it so it's it's hard to recommend right like it's it's hard for me to recommend because what i had to realize over time about scott pilgrim was scott pilgrim the reason i could relate to scott pilgrim is because he was such a douchebag a thoughtless douchebag when it came to love and when it came to uh not only romance but friendships as well um in a way that many of us, myself included, can definitely relate to. So I thought it was a really fun ride when I was reading Scott Pilgrim. And only now am I really processing it and like, yo, what a douchebag, right? Snot Girl is about a, um, a fashion blogger or vlogger. Um, and she is as shallow as shallow gets. I mean, it's, it's fashion or nothing for her. You know what I mean? Right, right. They uh they each give each other so she has a, a crew of friends who are equally shallow. They get together, they hang out. Um, I've got a my stepmother says uh, she's hanging out with her bitches like that's like bitch dinner and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, some yeah. people might some people might not like the term. I'm making a paraphrase, but she has her crew like that where she gets together with her shallow group and um and discuss. Well, it's, like, it's like the N bomb, right? Like we could say it, right? Um, no, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I don't like I no, shouldn't I, say, I don't say it. No, I don't yeah. say it. I'm just saying we can say it. Like, yeah. Right. Like, right. And, and like and like women can say the B the B word. Right. But we, yeah. but but we shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's kind of like that for me. So so they're out there. They hang out. Uh, they they do it. They're at the local Starbucks or whatever, making fun of everybody else's outfit. 
they give each other super super simple uh, nicknames and stuff. And um, she became she became so one girl that she had called cool girl uh, called her back because she has a lot of allergies. Called her snot girl, so she became snot girl. And uh, it's about some really weird adventures of a snot girl. And um, it's about her interest in men, her interest in uh, other ladies and their interest in each other. And there's a lot of really weird psychological things going on uh, in terms of whether or not something even happened early in the series. There's what appears to be a murder and then everybody else goes about things like nothing ever happened. So um, there's a, there's a lot left to unfold but I should warn you, this is about really shallow ladies doing really shallow things. Um, but I think that that's what Brian Lee O'Malley is going towards. I think that's what he's dissecting. And I think that's what he did in Scott Pilgrim, even if it went over my head the first few times. Yeah, cool. I mean, and that's probably, I, I, I get it. That's kind of like his, that's his, his little corner of the world, right? Like, that's probably he probably writes from experience, which is why he kind of follows the same kind of theme, you know, from book to book, even though he's like doing something completely different and original. It, that's one of my Scott Pilgrim is one of my favorite series, which is obviously why I'm even picking up uh, Snot Girl. But it, it wasn't upon my first reading or viewing of the movie that I realized that the whole thing was a metaphor for his insecurities. You know right. what I mean? Like, do you feel that way, too? Like. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So each of the X's represents, you know, some insecurity that he has or his insecurity and, and male toxicity in, in the dating world. So it's really interesting. And some of the same themes are happening here from a reverse standpoint. And I think he comically went overboard with a shallow, thoughtless character, just like Scott Pilgrim. Right. OK. All right. So Snot Girl, pick it up. Don't pick it up. I can't tell you which yet, but I can say that it's it's been fun. It's been a fun read for me. Um, not as engaging as Scott Pilgrim. I wonder if it's because as a man, I could relate to Scott Pilgrim easily. But um, that's my input on Snot Girl. What do you what are you thinking? What was your first book for this week? Oh, my first book for this week. I'm going to I'm going I'm to go with Iceman. Number one. I didn't get to read Iceman yet. So Iceman is a very uh it's a very cool character man like and, and you see what i did there right um yeah, I, <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> i mean no pun intended pun intended right but right but uh i've been an Iceman fan since i was a kid man i i love this character just because he's he's the spider-man of of the mutant scene in my opinion because he's always making like these quips and He's always uh, kind of down on his luck with uh, different things. And in, in the past, it's been him being down on his luck with the ladies, so, so to speak, uh, just because like, he was kind of a, a jerk to all of his girlfriends. Um, turns out that he's been a jerk to all of his girlfriends because he didn't really want to be with girls. Uh, so, so, so he's come out, as, out of the closet as an out gay male. Uh, Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. Is this is this young Iceman that traveled forward through time uh, from the Brian Michael Bendis series, or is this our older Iceman that we are traditionally accustomed to? So both Icemen are, are gay, right? Okay. Uh, younger Iceman 
was given the courage to come out after seeing uh, wait wait which is it <laughs> i can't now i'm all flipped around i think young, older yeah, i think young Iceman ice came out and then older Iceman ice was like he came out first right young Iceman. yeah i didn't even know that older Iceman came out yeah so older Iceman came out because he saw the courage of younger Iceman coming out so it was it, it's been a it's been a pretty cool dynamic um and and he's exploring that and like so so the last uh, series kind of established that and now uh, this one starts off it's written by uh, Cena Grace um, who is who is this the writer yeah you, is there is there he's, are there other things seen anything else that he's written but I've, I've I looked him up briefly and apparently he's an author and an illustrator so I definitely want to dig a little bit deeper and see what else he's done because this starts off in a way that I'm I'm reading it and I'm like not really intrigued, but because it just seems very uh, seems a little goofy, you know what I mean? Yep. Like it's not like it's not the subject matter. The subject matter is fine. It's that it's approached in a very like uh, like playful way. But what works is that, like I said earlier, Iceman is a playful character, very much like Spider-Man, where he he has a lot of quips and stuff like that. And this is all written from his point of view. And it's written from like an internal dialogue, so it makes sense. It, as I went on and I started to realize this, it started to make sense why it was so goofy. Um, the artwork is uh, Nathan Stockman. Looks, yes, it, it, it's cute. It's fun. It looks fun. Right, and that's the thing. That's that's what threw me off a little bit in the beginning. I was. Is it, it is a very cute book. What were you saying? Uh, yeah, I was wondering about that as you were describing how uh, it, it, it sounds to me, just listening to you talk about it, it sounds to me like you caught two different tones, one tone from the writing and a different tone from the from the art. And they kind of married at the at the, in the intersection of fun. Right. Like as I as I go as I go on in the story, it all kind of comes together and I'm just like, I get it. Right. And, and the coolest thing about this book is it became like this buddy book almost between Iceman and Bishop. And I really want to explore that relationship because um, I love Bishop as a character as well. He was like one of the first X-Men or he may, he may actually be, no, like, cause Aurora was the first one, um, but he was one of the, he was one of the first X-Men that was a man of color. Mm-hmm. And, and he came back with his Jerry curls uh, proving that the juice is going to survive in the future. Um, but (laughs) so low in the future. Yeah. 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 But, but so, so he came back with that and he just like, he's, he was just a stoic. He wasn't, he wasn't this gangster guy that was like, you know, speaking in slang. And he was, he was basically just like cable, except he was black. And I love that about him. Like it wasn't, he, he was one of the first characters that was a black character that didn't act like a stereotypical black male. Right. So so he was one of my faves growing up to have him in this book and have them have this relationship where Iceman's being the goofy guy and Bishop's being the stoic guy like he is like he's supposed to be and kind of being the straight man that Iceman plays off of. It was a very good dynamic and it kept me interested throughout the rest of the book. And like they're basically going to save some Morlocks. Um, And it was a it was just a really well written series, not series, but book uh, first a start to the series. And I really can't wait for more, man. Well, 
keep it rolling. What else? What else do you get into this week? So, I read, I read that, and uh, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Drawing a blank. Oh, Fantastic Four number two. Okay, so it's more like the Fantastic Twelve, Fantastic Eighteen. By the end of the book, yeah, uh, because Reed Richards uses his brilliance, I guess, to play this trick on this the the stalk. <laughs> I call it, he she was basically the stalk without spider legs. Um, I don't know, I can't remember her name, uh, but she uh, she was the ma- the major baddie in this in this book. Um, but he plays a trick on her because like they were defeated and he was like, yeah, well, if you had fought my family, the actual fantastic four, you know, we would have, we would have destroyed you. And she was just like, yeah, whatever. Call, call your, your other two family members. And he's like, all right. (laughs) And all of a sudden, everybody who was ever a fantastic four member shows up and it just looks like it's going to be an epic battle. Yeah, and I mean, like everybody shows up, right? Like Spider Man's there. He didn't have the uh, he didn't have the paper tag over his head. It wasn't that Spider Man uniform. It was his regular one. But Storm shows up. Medusa's there. Uh, you got Wolverine. Um, I yes. don't know what that other thing is because there was a second thing in the picture. But you know, Black Panther, Iceman. Uh, well, there's the female thing. I I do not know about the female thing. You yeah, got, there is a female thing. Even uh, even Herbie shows up. Yeah, it, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be dope. But what what I loved about this book is that this is this is the Dan Slot that I want to read. You know what I mean? Like, because this book gave me a lot leading up to this. That was fun. It was great dialogue. Uh, there was banter. There was character development. There was uh, revelations about certain characters that you had no idea about, um, and. He was able to balance and manage all of these pieces and keep it fun, fluid, and interesting. And that's something that he hasn't been doing with Tony Stark Iron Man. That that enemy, by the way, was Griever, right? Griever? I I think that was her name. Yeah, sure. Uh, It was the stalk, bro. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm still not there yet with it. Um, Fantastic Four books have always been hit or miss for me. Um, and I, and I'm starting to sell some stock. I'm starting to sell some stock in, in the writer, to be honest with you. Um, but it's probably because I hate Dan Slott's Iron Man so passionately. (laughs) (laughs) passionately. Um, but yeah, this book is definitely better than anything they've got going on in Iron Man right now. Um, so, so yeah, I was, I was cool with it. Yeah. I, I just think like if he wasn't doing Iron Man and he was just doing this, I feel like, you and I would probably be on the same page with this. I, I'm pretty sure. There's some, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to stay with one of your themes here because by the end of the book, fantastic four new and old show up, right? There's everybody who's ever called themselves fantastic four kind of shows up by the end of the book to, um, to, to step up to bat, to help them out. But uh, Jerry Duggan is writing infinity wars and uh, something similar, but different, same, same, but different happens at the end of this book. Um, I, I first thing I got to point out, if you're not reading Infinity Wars, um, this one is special compared to past event comics. The recent event comics at Marvel, as as much as I love Marvel, have been lame to me. I haven't enjoyed Marvel event books in a long time. 
but I am enjoying this one. And it's partially because of Mike Diodato. His art is amazing on this. I don't know if you had a, you must remember, even if you didn't read this one, you must remember it from the previous couple of issues. Um, but it is really good. It, it, the yeah, art is really Mike Diodato, Look, Mike Diodato, in my opinion, is one of the best artists in comics. Right, um, given, right? Like when... Go ahead. When, when he puts his pencils to a page, it's a given that it's going to be amazing. Yes, because it's art. Like, right. And there's not, I'm, not, I'm not short selling any of the other artists that are out there, uh, but there's, a, there's, there's classic art, like classic style art, and then there's like new digital artists and, and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with either one, but you can tell that Diodato is coming from pure technique from a classic training like like world or whatever like where that's where he's coming up from like because when you look at his stuff it looks like something you could frame every single time that's exactly the point right so sometimes some of these books you flip through and there'll be a splash page that's amazing or sticks out or something like that right this book i could frame every single page like i could fill up just with this this particular um, because it's all so beautiful and it's also um, genre specific, right? So, so if he if he has a flashback, it looks like a flashback. You know what I mean? And if he has something yes. in space, it looks very space. And both of them are ten out of ten beautiful in their own respective, very different kind of way. Um, if you're not familiar with the story, Gamora is uh, Gamora's on a warpath. Uh, Gamora has taken over the stones and uh, she's got multiple personalities right now. So you got to deal with it because we all love uh, we all love Zoe Saldana, but um, she's got multiple personalities here and Thanos happens to be one of them. Um, so something interesting happens in this book. I don't want to get in and give you the play by play, but I'll tell you one really cool thing that happens. She decides um, while she's going back and forth with Loki and God bless you. It appears that Loki is the savior right now. All hopes depend on Loki. She decides that it'd be a good idea to fold the universe in half. And the last time that I saw something like this happen was when uh, the infamous Marvel versus DC. That's going yes. back probably 20 years. What was that, 98? Right? Yeah. So, about that. So she folds the universe in half. And now, by the end of this book, we've got... Um, We've got Iron Hammer, right? So it's the it's an amalgam of Iron Man and Thor. And yes, they quickly point out that can you imagine how much beer Iron Hammer drinks, right? You've yes. got Soldier Supreme, who's an amalgam of um, Doctor Strange and uh, Captain America. You've got Weapon Hex. You've got Arachnite, uh, who's really cool as a Spider-Man lover. Seeing Spider-Man and Moon Knight together is really cool. You got Ghost Panther, which is Ghost Rider, right? Dressed like Black Panther riding a fucking panther it's bad ass yes. uh, and i can't wait to see where they go with this i can't wait to see what loki does with this i can't wait to see more art and and writing from this duo but this series oh there was also i'm sorry uh, i was really mad about this but at the end uh loki shows up at the x mansion and he's greeted by um <laughs> he's greeted he's greeted by dead dupe or yes I think it ended up being dead dupe. No, dupe pool. It yeah. turns out to be dupe pool, but I was I was hoping that it was dead dupe. I don't know why. Uh, I just thought that would be cool. Anyway, no, it's it's the, worth the read. The best the best was the the Logan and uh, 
the Logan and White Queen uh, mashup. <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic. You thought Logan was cranky before. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Did, what did he call him? Diamond Patch? Oh, I, I don't remember. Yeah, but he he talked about missed opportunities with the names. Uh, the book makes fun of itself. It's such a good book for such a serious tone for them to get away with um, a little bit of self-referential humor is really cool. You know, the, be- the best part of the best part of that book, man, and this this is saying to me, this is saying something because the whole thing was fantastic. But the best part of that book for me was when Moon Knight actually shows up and he's like, you know, I guess I've been out for too long. What the hell is going on? Like referencing the fact that he's like schizophrenic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And, and, and then Spider-Man is just like, yeah, uh, just punch whoever I punch next. You know what I mean? Like, And it's like it was just such a cool little back and forth uh, between those two. And then to have them get mashed together at the end was just, it made sense because they were standing next to each other. And that's how, I guess that's how this whole thing worked. Right. Um, and that is how it worked. Whoever was standing next to each other pretty much got, got duplicated or, or amalgamated. Yeah. No, definitely good shit, man. I, I love that book. I, I love that story. Duggan is one of my favorite writers right now. Not, not, notwithstanding like the ones that we've talked about and, and praised all the time. But I mean, I'm saying like, he's definitely up and coming for me. I loved his Deadpool run. Yeah. Um, and this has been fantastic so far. All he needs is like one more to solidify himself in my little, my little pantheon. Yeah. Uh, give me another man. Yeah. There was a book that, you know, we were, we were looking through the list of books that uh, came out this week. Um, and you had mentioned, you had mentioned one and seemed very excited about it. It was called The Wrong Earth. And uh, I had made a joke that this was like the, uh, this is what we call the earth that Trump is president on. Um, Are we on the wrong earth? Yeah, we're on the wrong earth. You're on the wrong earth. I don't like football. Trump is president. Down- yeah, things, are fu- things are fucked up right now. Yeah. Um, but... But yeah, so I, I decided to read it because it just it sounded intriguing. And then I saw the cover and the cover was intriguing. And I started reading it and it seemed dumb as fuck. But then I got like three pages in and I was like, yo, this shit is dope. So did you read it? I have not had a chance to read it yet. No, but by all means, go for it. I'm just going to give you the quick, the quick idea of what this book is. So it starts off with this character called the Dragonfly Man or Dragonfly Man, like Batman, basically. And this, the way it starts off, like the first few pages or whatever, are basically, it's like Batman 66, right? Like it's all corny and uh, old school and like very campy. And like their dialogue is like basically the same shit, like, you know, and it's like, you know, the character, like the villain is like kind of like the Joker or the Riddler uh, with these major like, you know, schemes and traps and contraptions that he's trying to use to take down the dragonfly man. Uh, huh. and, and he has a he has a, a, a sidekick um, called Stinger. And he's like his Robin or whatever, so. So I'm reading this and I'm just like, yeah, this is kind of corny. I don't know if I'm going to read, continue reading this. And I got to, I got to this page. I don't know if it was three pages in or whatever. It was a little, maybe a little later. Uh, they, they switch over to the other earth. And then I was just like, holy shit, because this other earth was more like, you know, like when Batman was like super dark. Right. 
so this other Earth was uh, Batman taking on uh, this new version of the the guy that he the guy's the guy's name is the number one, um, and the number one in this world is much like the uh, the Joker from the Dark Knight movie, like Heath Ledger's Joker. Yep. So it's kind of like that. So like you have this Batman that's like more more violent, more uh you know getting into like more fights and more dangerous situations and then you have this guy who's this this guy who instead of uh trying to like in in the regular world like or the Batman 66 style world the number one his big scheme was to like replace all the pictures in an art museum with pictures of himself but in this world this guy's like just killing motherfuckers like that's that's what his his thing is and and dragonflies trying to stop him and somehow Dragonfly and the number one from that world cross over into the Batman 66 style world. And that's when all the madness happens. And that's what makes this book interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to have, so, so you're recommending it. Oh yeah. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, it. It is Jamal Eagle who I, I really like his work on black. Um, and he's a, he's a great artist, man. That dude is awesome. Um like it's it's a dope book. It's very fun uh, art style. Very very easy to read. Um, you just got to get past the first few pages, like I said, so that you understand what you're you're actually reading. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check that out. You um, you persuaded me. You persuaded me last week. Um, I I had a different book of the week. Than- and you completely sold me. I'm going to attempt to sell you on, on my book of the week, um, which is Champions, right? Written by Jim Zub. Um, sold. <laughs> sold for, for whatever you're selling it for. I'll pay whatever you're asking, man. That, that book was dope. I want you to talk about it, though. Because oh, you got a chance to check it out. So, do you know, so you can probably imagine why it's very personal to me this week. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you are, you are completely tied to this shit. So you, you gotta talk about it. That's interesting. You and I didn't have a chance to talk about this offline. Uh, so yeah, I, I didn't know if um if. Well, if I wanted you... to save it for the show, man. I wanted to save it for the show. Um. It, so so first off, coming from coming from the wrong Earth, right? Like uh, a lot of parts of playing that Spider-Man game this week felt like the wrong Earth, particularly Miles Morales, who's on the cover here. Right. Um, the way he was written, very different. The way Mary Jane was written, very different. But in this book, um, I'm very happy that this is transferred from Brian Michael Bendis's creations. Right. Some of his characters into this book and they're being they're being respected in a really nice way. For example, you and I had fear about what was going to happen with Miles after Brian Michael Bendis leaves. We heard all these rumors about Spy D and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just so happy to see these characters still being treated with respect. So yes, right off the bat right on the cover, it says you never think it will happen to you. Uh, and I don't know what I'm getting into when I pick up this book. You never think it will happen to you. Uh, and it opens up with uh, the champions doing the champions thing, which is very different from Avengers. They're not in space fighting an alien horde coming to earth. They're trying to be, kind of like the rock they're trying to be the people's champion right so they're doing a lot of community work and stuff like that and in the middle miles morales gets this notification on his phone it's an emergency alert and immediately immediately i start to um 
it was very familiar to me, right? Like he got very serious. The rest of the champions are trying to talk to him and he's all of a sudden in emergency mode and gone. We've seen it happen to Peter Parker before with stuff to do with Mary Jane, but this had to do with an emergency alert on his phone. Shit, and well, again, we grew up, we've seen it happen in real life here. Yeah, yeah. With people, I got to go. Yep, got to go. And we don't even think about it. We're just like, I be, I be, if you need me, let me know. <laughs> and and that's kind of how they were, right? Like they were cool about it. At first they were like, rude. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just left. But they immediately came to his aid without even knowing what was, what was up. But there was this odd sense of familiarity to me as he, you know, web swings over to the school and there's, um, there's police out there. There's the, the flashing lights and all this stuff. Um, one week to the day before this book came out, I was involved in a school shooting. There was a school shooting. There was a shooting right outside the school, right outside the window from where I was working at the time in Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, a student was killed. And as this is unfolding in the comic book, literally one week later, right? It's obviously not a response, but it shows you the kind of epidemic problem that we have in the United States, that this book, no matter when this book came out, there's going to be a school shooting within that week that somebody somewhere can relate to. Yeah, that's that, very that's very sad that that is the case, but you're right. It's very sad, but again, that's the kind of thing that brings me back to the cover, right? Like, uh, what is it say? You never think it will happen to you, right? But given the week, it's happening in our communities. It's a very real thing. This isn't Chicago where guns are flying all over the place, where bullets are flying all over the place. This is Providence, Rhode Island. Right. Um, and and while we're very familiar with all of these things happening and there's drills in the schools. You still never think it'll happen to you. And as I'm in this situation and I'm listening to teachers speculate about how the person, how the young person who just got killed outside, who we don't even know yet, if it's one of their students, must have been involved in gangs or drugs or something like that. The teachers were doing that openly speculating. We're also in this emergency lockdown mode, which the book did this incredible job of showing, right? Like it shows Miles arrive and they're in lockdown and people are hiding behind desks. And it's a really awful situation. Right. Um, it was, that's, that's what this book is. That's who these characters are, not individually. And by the way, if you're not reading their books, they're amazing. Viv is amazing. Viv has no right being so cool, right? And she's she's a Tom King character, so maybe she does have a right being so cool. But Ironheart, and, uh, and I still hate that name, uh, <laughs> Miles Morales and these other characters, they're, they're amazing characters from amazing books. But this book is supposed to be this. This book is supposed to address your community. These right. are our street level our real level heroes and i think i think the thing that did it the most for me is the question that i had to ask myself all last week my particular students how can i how can i help how can i make them feel safe again at the school it would be disingenuous for me to try to actually impart on them that they are safe at the school when one of their friends just got killed at the school, right? Like it's not, it's not a realistic thing for me as an adult to come up to students and be like, no, no, you're safe here. No, 
you're not safe here. Somebody just got killed here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's something that Miles had to deal with in this book, not necessarily his own safety, but the idea of the idea of how can he be a hero to his friends? You know, that was something that Spider-Man couldn't prevent. And it's not a matter of whether or not he was there. It's the kind of thing that happens in our real world. And I'm sure no matter who reads this book, they can pick up a different message that's really important to them. But this book was therapeutic to me and really important to me as Miles had to deal with how he can't be the hero in every situation, particularly the school setting, when I was still wrestling with those concerns. This book immediately tied to me. This book immediately helped me grieve, helped me process some of the events that were happening. And I, I can't believe it was so well done. And in the meantime, uh, he went on and, and had some more character development with Miss Marvel, another incredible character. Uh, and it was just a, it was a perfect book at the perfect time. And it was exactly, it was exactly what I needed. And I, I just wish that uh, I had more comic book nerds that I can hand this book to and say, here, check this out. This is really interesting considering what we are going Something that I something that I would recommend, and dude, like you don't have to do this, but I'm thinking like you're you're trying to figure out how do you tell your students, you know what I mean? How do you tell your students, you know, that you can move on and you can you can pick up where you left off? To me, one of the best ways is to give them the same opportunity that you had with this book, man, and just like buy buy a bunch of copies of this book, man, and just pass them out. I think this is one of those books that's worthy of that. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't see that a lot, but there was the, there was the, uh, there was the gun issue of Spider-Man back in the day. And that was, to me, that was another one of these that that's just worthy of handing out to these students so that they can see and maybe, maybe uh, find ways to cope with these kinds of things. Um, Yeah. I, I just, I, I agree with you on the way that this was written. It was very heartfelt. Um, Kamala is just what Kamala's role in this book was so important um, as a friend for Miles. And I also feel like seeing Riri's perspective was also super important because it was like because she's from Chicago. It's yeah. Right. And that's what's happening with some of these students. Yeah. Yeah, right. I agree. With she's you. angry. Like Miles was guilty. She was angry. And Kamala came from a place where she didn't have either one of those things. Like she had them, but she was coping with them differently because she didn't. It seems like she she just didn't really have this experience, but she can see it from the outside and 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 make sense of it. And and so you had you had three different angles from three different people of color from from three different complete situations that were that just came together beautifully to tell a story and give you three different that, those three different perspectives and show you what's going on. Unbelievable, right? This is some Celestine prophecy stuff to me. How and I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, but how how after September 11th, uh, writers came together to give us a grieving issue, a processing issue where our heroes had to deal with this. I remember that book, and you must too. Some of the scenes were iconic, right? Yeah, but the difference with that is that that came out way after 9-11 because they had to, those artists and creators had to process it, write yeah. it, 
illustrate, yeah. put it exactly. all together. Exactly. In reaction to one specific event. This exactly. came out the week that you experienced this shit. Again, though, again, it, and that goes to show that it's the norm. And no matter what week this comes out, somebody can somebody can relate to this. Correct. It's because that's that's how often this stuff is happening. Uh, I I want to thank the writers for having the courage to not make Miles fight Kang the Conqueror, but instead have Miles really look inside himself to see what it takes to be a hero and what it means to be courageous. And, and how the other characters are reacting to things that our young people have to deal with in the real world. And in the wake of this book, I want to also thank Marvel for announcing that we're going to get Miles Morales Spider-Man. Not Spidey. ongoing series. <laughs> not Spidey. Not right? Spidey. We're not rewriting history. We're going to take this character and we're going to give him more stories. Uh, as the character that we know and love, doing the things that we know he is going to do, so I'm very happy that that's going to be the case. I'm 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 super impressed, and and I'm super thankful that Marvel released the book that they did this this week with Champions, um, dude, man. I, and and I feel for you and the students that you work with. You know that you know you know those things really kind of they they hit me, man. So, yeah, so, yeah. It, it's it's been a hell of a week, but this book really came out at a magical time. Like this book came out at a magical, magical time. And I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I almost felt like I was, you know what I mean? Like, like this can't be real. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, that was amazing. So is that, is Marvel your shout out for, uh, for yeah. keeping my own track Yo, or do you have? I'm not trying to shout anything else out right now. Um, and honestly, I really ain't even trying to talk about anything else because this was something that was so heavy that I feel like this is just where we need to end it. I, I feel you. I feel you. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. And thank you for bearing with us on this sporadic friggin' schedule because, yo, we are adults and we live adult lives and lives, not lives. Uh uh, anyway, yeah. So we're adults. We have we have jobs. Uh, he's got to take care of these kids that he works with. I got to take care of. I'm I'm top secret. You can't know what I do. But anyway, uh, yeah. So we just don't have the time to like actually put it out on a regular schedule right now. We are working on it. Um, so bear with us. All right, everybody. Thanks. Peace.